All right, welcome to the, what's today's date, Dan? 427, April 27th edition of Look At My Records, and I'm here with Dan Francia. How you doing, Dan? Good, hello. You having a good time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're both having fun already, (laughs) and the show hasn't even started yet. We kicked it off with the- Pre-show was fucking crazy. Pre-show was lit. We kicked it off with a brand new song by Holy Tunics. If you haven't heard it yet, go check it out. It's incredible. It's on their soon-to-be-released album, Hit Parade, Lemonade, Supersonic Spree, and it's called Upside Down in Wonderland. And then I threw in, for good measure, a song by one of their Meritorio Records label mates, The Seams, and the name of the song, you're not going to believe this, Dan, What is it? it's The Seams, off of the record. Meet the seams. Wow, a little, uh, little into themselves, but they're really good. So I don't, I don't blame them. You, you know? don't hear that often. But uh, it's great to have you here. How you doing today? <clears throat> Pretty good. Uh, haven't done much yet today. You're, well, you're here and you're doing an interview. This is. Uh, I see you have a WFMU record fair sticker on. Yeah, I was volunteering there before this. Is that Saturday and Sunday, or is that? Fr- it was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Oh. Yeah, selling some records and stuff. Are you going tomorrow? Probably not. I I did get a bunch of good stuff there today. Okay. The key is to get there early, apparently, because they sell stuff that's donated to them Mm -hmm. and really good deals. I got to say, I was getting sealed new records for like eight bucks, seven bucks from their table. So it's really marked down. So, hey. Go to the WF. Speaking of record records, the turntable's not here today. I know. I'm kind of annoyed <laughs> with that. They took I the fucking t- wanted to hear uh, the original rapper on vinyl. I was actually like, oh, I've never heard that on vinyl. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we'll play it sometime though. <laughs> We're friends now, so we'll hang out and we'll we'll yeah, play yeah. it for sure. Yeah, it was it is kind of disappointing <clears throat> that the turntables were moved to the new studio, which Sh- is down the yeah. block, and my show's not broadcast <clears throat> out of there yet. It's actually not a big deal, but I have a funny story about the original rapper. Can I tell a story? Yeah, of course. Go ahead. So my roommate, who was a couple blocks from here, actually, a few years ago, we're talking about Lou Reed. He's like, oh, I've seen Lou Reed. Like, yeah, it's kind of boring. Like, whatever. He got boring. Like, I like the Velvet Underground, but like, dude got cheesy. Like, he's like, check out this video. Like, look how bad this is. Like, can you believe like he, he got to this level? Like, and ever since then, I showed it to people all the time as being like a masterful piece of art. I'm like loved everything about the song and the video and everything i'm like and he showed it to me like you're gonna hate this shit and uh that's why i saw it in your record collection so I, that's why I picked yeah miss trial's a great record yeah the original rapper is a great <clears throat> song we're gonna play it later yeah but first tell tell us about you you just put out a new solo record <clears throat> in january on exploding in sound records it's actually your debut solo record come truth. back to life truth features yeah. a lot of collaborators you had like 36 people contribute to this yep. record i think it was 37 but who, you know not a big deal yeah. you know i don't want to leave anyone out to be honest so yeah, let's, who, let's yeah. get the figure straight i believe 37. It actually is 37 yeah i did count you know at so, one point so tell me about that you you're a bass player that's your instrument you yep. played with yep. a lot of other projects and now you put together this what seems like a massive undertaking getting that many people to coordinate on a solo yeah. record. How were you able to put it all together? Um, I kind of have endless stories about that and it took like a year and a half 
And um, I was saying the whole time, like the managing part was the hardest part. Like people would be like, okay, I'm going to come over. And then like, oh, I can't. Um, And then there'd be times where I was like really working on it, like a lot, a lot of times where I wasn't working on it at all. And um, I don't know, a lot of shit happened. I'm kind of like, it's kind of not as fresh anymore, but like, um, yeah, it was hard to get everybody together. You know, Mike Watts first album, right? Yeah. It's got everyone on it or whatever. It was kind of like that in my head. Um, I've heard a bunch of people like Davy Jones from Lost Boy. Like people have always thrown around the idea of like the guest artist album that's like way out of control. And I just like had the um, moment to do it, I guess. It was just like a concept of a, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> and it really all comes together well. Thanks, and nice. when you put together these songs, what was the level of contribution from the people that appeared on the record? Did you have it all right. written already right. or <clears throat> were they kind of like bouncing ideas off of you when question. they came over to record and stuff like that? What's your, what was your writing process like on come back to life? Good question. Um, like again, a few different ways happen at first. Like the people I kind of knew were going to be like my live band, like my friends from high school or whatever, like, like the drummer, especially at Kukin. <clears throat> we had like two songs that like that I just had. I was like, this is like the beginning of the album. And we tracked that like right away, the basic tracks, bass and drums. And then like I, I recorded as I went, it wasn't like the whole thing was written and then recorded. It was like, I was writing and recording at the same time. I was throwing away tracks and adding tracks and like, Oh, maybe I'll put a cover and like, no, nah, I'm not gonna put a cover. And like, Oh, maybe I'll do this. And like, um, so it wasn't one way, but, but to, to give you more of a, something <laughs> of an answer, fucking like Jordan Blakely and I did ghost stories. Like each song kind of had its own story. So like ghost stories, I was like, you know what? I need a crazy ass track that's long and like through compose. I don't want anything to repeat. I want it to be kind of like technical, kind of like, like weird experimental, maybe like yeah. whatever I want. I want to do like, I had an idea that I wanted to do that kind of a song for some reason. And I told Jordan and we sat down and, and from scratch just wrote it. But for the most part, there was no like co-writing, but I ended up giving a lot of co-writing credits to like, say like Luke who sang in walking in heaven where he took a track and made all the vocals and the melody and everything. And I'm like, okay, that's like basically your song now. Luke from Bueno, right? Yeah. He's my roommate. Cool. He's sexy. Yeah. He's a good guy. He's a badass. He's from, so and a gentle flower. last time I saw him was like a couple of years ago. And we realized <laughs> we're both like from sort of the same area. Staten, Staten Island. Yeah. Good guy. Staten. I'd love to see him again someday. I'm sure I will. Yeah. Good guy. I hope so. Yeah. But, um, so I love Luke. Hey, what's up? Luke? Hey Luke. What's up? When, uh, when I listen to this record, my impression is how'd you, how'd you, how'd you work out the sequencing? Because it flows really well, but at the same time, I feel like every song kind of sounds different as well. Every song is definitely unique. How'd you decide on these tracks and the sequencing of it? I think that came later. I think I came later when I had all my tracks and I laid it out. I'm like, how is this going to be a record? And that's when some tracks came off the album, for example. Um, Maybe I had too much of like this type of a track or maybe I had like, or I didn't want another hard, harsh track. I took one of those off. You know what I'm saying? Like, so the sequence actually played a lot into what the album was, but um, 
maybe even in like a limiting thing. Like for a lot of times I make a record, even the last EP I did before us was like a concept record or a concept EP. Like, so this one I was like, I'm not going to do that. There's not going to be like a theme throughout. Like there's not going to be like, I'm not going to play those games. I'm going to make like each track its own thing. And, um, but then it ended up kind of being a storyline and then the sequence and then some of the, like this, like subject matter. And then like it, tur- it started turning into the, to its own, um, kind of well sequenced story or whatever in a, in a way, even though it's kind of, um, not so literal. Tell me about the theme of the record. Cause it does seem to have a bit of a narrative. Um, there, there is none. If I had one, I probably wouldn't even say it. Like, Marky Smith said, don't tell her secrets. You know what I'm saying? Like keep it close to the vest. Dude. Like I, I can't stop talking and I, and I don't have, I would tell all my secrets right now, but like <laughs> there, there isn't a clear narrative. Um, there's like definitely like themes and shit, but like, just listen to the album, you know? Yeah. Continue <laughs> listening to it. I'll continue listening to it. It sounds awesome. I love it. Come back to life. So the first track walking in heaven, you had a, Pretty cool collaborator. I'm a big Feelies fan. You have an association uh-huh. with the Feelies and bands like Speed yeah, we're the gonna, Plow. We're going to get into all that. Glenn Mercer plays on the track. Tell us a little bit about your background, uh, I guess, growing up in and around <clears throat> the Feelies universe. Your dad has played with <clears throat> um, Glenn Mercer and Dave Wackerman and, and the Tribes yeah, and stuff like that. What was that like? Um, well, okay. So Glenn played on the first track, which is Planet in Transit. Um and um, my dad was in the tripes, right? Which is a feelies offshoot after the they broke up for the first. Well, the time, tripes right? were kind of the tripes, and kind of Glenn came in and okay. made it a feelies offshoot. Good, you're giving me you're giving me some people good info. People don't know. There's so many goddamn stories. Yeah, there's no a lot of it. And every time I see an article on these people, there's at least one thing that's just like wrong. <laughs> but that goes for all artists, yeah. but like, especially them. They're like, nobody's got the stories, right? That's, that's cool. Well, you're a good source of knowledge <laughs> there then. So Glenn kind of came in later it. and your dad was in the tripes. Yeah. Yeah. From the a- beginning. And then that turned into speed, the plow. Um, which you played bass in for a little while. Okay, well, yeah, so that's later, later. <laughs> we're talking like the 80s or whatever yeah. the hell they were doing back then. And then I came into it because, um, well, John and Tony from Speed the Plow, like the husband and wife and the songwriter, yeah. John, like, and my dad were kind of the meat and potatoes of Speed the Plow the whole time. And um, John kept saying, like, you should play bass with us and stuff. And he was had the idea of his son playing guitar and um, I had just honestly, quite honestly, never listened to my dad's music until like late high school, like maybe yeah. like college. Like I was already playing music for years before like I even considered my dad a musician because I thought like he didn't really do it when I was a kid. Yeah, he did. But like I didn't I was too young. I remember like when Brenda moved to Pennsylvania and they had like a band practice and I was there and I was probably like three years old or something I, like <laughs> hazy like. Memories. And that was the last time um, Speed the Plow played where Brenda was in it. But they actually, that lineup just reunited at Monty Hall playing with Longneck, uh, who we were just talking about before the show started. I was out of town started. for that. I wish I was there for that. Honestly, this Jersey shit, I'm go- I could go in a spiral. Like, there's yeah. so many little <laughs> stories. So, um, anyways, he was in Speed the Plow. They decided that they wanted to keep playing. I actually started listening to records. I was like, wow, shit's crazy. The feelies are like reuniting. They're playing shows. I'm like, wow, this band's insane. Like, I don't even know yeah. you guys were in good bands. Like, this is crazy. So like, <laughs> dad, <laughs> so I joined the fucking band and then like, uh, my brother was a drummer. 
John Tony's son was a guitar player. So it was literally like just like two family like groups. Um, and we made a few albums. I was in the band for like five years, but the last record they did, I played all the bass on. Like, um, I didn't really, we had like one practice or something. I just went to the studio. I never played live with them after that, but like, it's all, it's all in the family. Like John and Tony are on every album I'll ever make. Probably like that. John and Tony Baumgartner. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. Nice. And on my other EPs and stuff. They're too. on yeah, this yeah. record too, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Hey, they're, they're, I'm a big fan, so that's really cool. Yeah. When I found that out, I was, whoa, another cool thing about Dan <laughs> F. I, and I didn't want to, like, yeah, I don't know. I shouldn't tell the story. But, um, yeah. But Glenn. Yeah. Who plays on Planet and Transit. Here's a good one. I never, like, I've only had one interview about Dan Francis, so I don't, none, none of this. <laughs> I probably have a lot I can say, but, like, Glenn I was like, you want to do something on the album? He's like, yeah, okay, great. I was like, what about this song? He's like, okay, fine. Um, And, you know, I live in Brooklyn. I don't have a car. My recording setup isn't that much, but I have like, I don't have a laptop. I have like a desktop. So my friend was driving me back. The drummer, Ed, was driving me back so I could, we could do some recording for the weekend at his house because he has a house in New Jersey. And I was like, Glenn, it's probably a good time for me to stop by your basement. He records on his little digital track. Yeah, he records in his basement. His setup's wacky as fuck. I mean, he uses this one eight track digital thing <laughs> that's like sixteen bit that like he likes the machine, so he has multiple of them because he's running out of memory on them. Yeah, and like, yeah. So so when he when he recorded, he recorded on his thing, and we flew it into my Pro Tool session, which a lot of like the feely stuff, and we we've done work like that together before, I guess. But I, like explain that later. Anyways, I go to his house. I'm like, I'm here for the weekend. This is the weekend. I should get some tracks. I come by, I record it. We're going through the song. And at one point in the song, there's a break where the music stops. So we're tracking his shit into my Pro Tools. And when the music stops in the pause, he pauses his tape machine because he thinks, or not a tape machine, a digital like little eight-track workstation thing. Paused it thinking the song was over. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, there's like more. You I know this. I know what he said. Yeah, yeah. You know this? Oh, you know no, the song. The song. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I know this so, part of the song. So yeah. the rest comes in, yeah. and, and he is kind of confused. And I'm kind of confused. And he didn't listen to the rest of the tracks I sent him. Or like, I sent him the whole album, but I was like, maybe this one. And he only listened to that. But somehow, like, whatever, like, didn't get that, like, thought it was the end or something. <laughs> and then so so he was kind of like, oh, fuck. And I'm, and I'm like, it's fine. Like, I'll have other people play, like. Not to mention Devin McKnight, who's in Monica, yeah. who I'm playing bass with tonight. Whole another fucking story. Um, he was already on the track in that part, and he was playing like some crazy guitar. And I'm like, I'll just put something more stuff on it. Like, it's fine. But I was in New Jersey for one more day. The next day, tracking for the album. He's like, you know what? I'm not doing anything tomorrow. Like, I'm gonna try to track something. I was like, no, don't worry about it. Like, it's good. Everything. Like, this is a mate. You totally elevated the track to like something yeah. I could never imagine. Like, this track's amazing now. Like. There's already another guitar in the next, I'm going to just add more stuff. So I'm recording at Ed's house and Glenn hits me up and he's like, I recorded something, come by and get it. And then, so we all go back, like me and Ed and, and my friend, uh, Steve, and, and uh, we put the rest of it in. And like in that one little day or session or whatever, he had like a million amazing ideas. Like there's all this <laughs> shit at the end. Like he's got like multiple tracks yeah. and like all this fucking crazy shit that just brought the track up again, and again. And I was like, thank you. Like, holy yeah. shit. It's like, one of my favorite tracks <laughs> on the record. It's a really good one. 
And we're going to play that song and we're going to play two more songs mm-hmm. as well from your awesome debut album, Come Back to Life, released on Exploding in Sound Records. You can get it via explodinginsoundrecords.com. The best record label in the world. Yeah. Do you know they don't even take anything from digital? Like people say Dan Golden's a saint. They have no idea. Yeah. He seems have, like a really nice guy. No, you don't even, it's crazy. I don't know because I've never <laughs> met him, but I would like to meet him. So but I he seems like a really nice like, guy. Like, and I'm a big insane. fan of the label. I'm a big fan of the label. Exploding He's scary. He's cool. And then we're also going to play Walking in Heaven and Ghost Stories. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about Ghost Stories. Tell, mm-hmm. tell us about Walking in Heaven. Walking in Heaven was a bass idea I had. I sent it to my friend, the drummer, Ed. He's like, this is my favorite thing we have. I was like, I don't like it. I'm not going to do anything with it. He's like, no, this is the one. So I started to develop it. This is actually when Shea Stadium was still around, which really wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And but it's a couple of years ago already. Yeah. 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 Well, I had to sit on the album multiple yeah. times. Like, I was done with it for so long. And, oh, wow. And I okay. and dance like we're going to do it in January. And I was done in like June before or something like that. So, but uh, Shea was around. I had some recording dates at Shea. Um, the drums from Walking in Heaven are at Shea. And you could like hear Shea, and it's amazing. And Eric Harm plays half the drums and Ed plays half the drums. And I didn't know what was going on with the song. I was just laying down tracks and I knew it might be like a loop type situation. So I just got two loops from both of the drummers for the two different sections. And um, I had that. I put the bass over it. I'm demoing tracks. I put it in like my rough track sequence and I'm like showing people my shit. Like Luke's my roommate. So I'm showing it him. I'm like, you have to sing on the album. Obviously he loves guests. He loves doing the guest thing. Like you should ask him. Everyone should ask him. Ask him. Okay. Ask him. He's he's the man. He's the guy. Ask him. (laughs) Sorry. I just can't stop talking. So fucking, um, he's like, I love this. In fact, I love how sparse is. Don't put a single thing on this. Like, don't touch this. I don't want to change the sequence. Like it's very short. I don't want to have too many instruments. Blah, 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 blah. So he does his vocal thing. I ended up putting uh, Felix from Toll Slant plays harp. Wow. Some crazy shit happened. And um, Rachel Brown from Thanks for Coming and uh, Water from Your Eyes, they, they're like, I'll sing on it. I'm like, I want this to be a duet. You know what? Rachel's never heard this story. I'm going to tell her right now. <laughs> they're not going to listen, but um, I was like, yeah, um, can you do a duet? They're like, send me the lyrics. So I thought they wanted to write like off of Luke's lyrics because I left, I took out a lot of Luke's stuff like all the spaces in the song where there's no vocals he had sung over um but i took it out because i wanted it to be two different things and, and be a duet but then when rachel sang on it they sang over luke stuff when i got the tracks back because i wasn't there for that because they did it like yeah. at home and then i was like okay fine this is great um and and that's how the weird like a lot of weird shit happened <laughs> and then and then ani from pal bird is on that track yeah Okay, so she comes over one day. Like, we're not that tight. We played some shows together and stuff. And I like, Pal Bird is just a shit. Like, huge fan. Oh, awesome. Just man. wanted them Incredible. on the album, yeah. like, any capacity. Like, like I was just trying to get all the best artists around here on the album. They're, like, you know, top on my list. So I can't believe she even, like, came over. We had an amazing fucking time. And she, and then she kind of elevated into a more of a duet thing because she added another element to it and other voices. And then it just was what it was. And, like, I filled in the blanks. Awesome song. Awesome song. <laughs> Love hearing the story behind the song. Good story. Yeah. And then the final track, Ghost Stories, which features Jordan Blakely. Right. You guys collaborated on this track. 
Right. So let's uh, let's play them. We got Planted in Transit, Walking in Heaven, and Ghost Stories, and we will be back right after that. We're not going anywhere, people. So stay tuned.
where we talk over it. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> Heard some of Dan Francia's songs, man, from his debut solo album. The record's called Come Back to Life. The songs we heard, Planet in Transit, Walking in Heaven, and Ghost Stories. What a ripping record, man. What's a ripping songs? Keep up the great work, dude. Thanks, Thanks Tom. for sharing those songs. Now we're uh, transitioning to the second portion of the program where you picked some records from my record collection. Nice record collection. Is that real? Why is there so many multiples of like... Of of the same record, it says on, dis- on Discog. Sometimes, wait, you, you mean, have like six of the same record. It seems really? like. really, or no? I'm just reading Discogs wrong. I think. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Scratch it. Sometimes it, it gets in there as a duplicate, but I don't think there's ever been okay six. Okay, but yeah, I love vinyl, and you picked some. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have. The record player here, but we're still going to play the songs digitally. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of the 21st century. Not ideal, but we're going to make it work. Mm-hmm. And you started off with Young Woo, Shore Leave. Nice choice. Yeah. It's- oh, oh, I just gave it to you. That wasn't a sequence necessarily, but yes, yeah, do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. What did you, you wanted to hear Eternal I don't have Ice, a sequence. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the track, yeah. Cool. So tell me. You've, uh, you've played with Dave Weckerman before. Have you played in the same band as this band? The Dave Weckerman is the band leader of Young Woo, everyone. It's basically the feelies, but Dave Weckerman, who plays, per- he's a percussionist in the feelies. He's the front man of this band. Yeah, so it's it's the feelies, but you got the percussion player writing the songs and singing, and John from Sweet the Pop playing keyboard. Yes. Very important okay. fact. Very, thank you. I need to know this stuff. You're schooling me. You're like a Feelys historian. <laughs> it's good. We have a Feelys expert here because he's lived it. Um, I Actually, one time there was a, um, I guess it was after Sandy, there was some kind of Hoboken benefit thing, um, and I was doing sound, and it was in Montclair at a place called Tyrannies. Yeah, I know that place. So Glenn wasn't supposed to play, I don't think, or maybe... Speed the Pile Plate or something or some other band. There's, you ever hear of the band East of Venus? Yes, that's a that's okay. a Feelys related band. Fun, fun. So yeah. I so they I remember once I did sound for them there. Maybe it was the same night. And then Glenn was like, All right, we're gonna do Oh yeah, this is a great story. Glenn goes to me, Do you know how to play the undertow? Great song, do right? you? <laughs> so I'm like, Yeah, get this. I thought he was talking about a song called A Plan Revised. Because this the chorus goes like da, 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 yes, the undertow, yes. right? Right. Yeah. right. So like, 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 yeah, I know the undertow cause I've been to a bunch of Philly shows and stuff, but like, I don't really know track names generally. Like, yeah. I don't know. I put it on a record. So I'm like, yeah, the undertow thinking it was like the song I had been playing in speed, the plow for years. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh yeah, I really do know the song. Um, he starts. So, so I go up on the stage and like, it's like, wait, who the fuck was playing? I think it was young woo. Yeah. Literally. Except Brenda was not there because she lives in Pennsylvania and I hopped in on bass. And um and and so he starts playing the undertow. Which is a tripe song, right? No. Uh, it's a tripe song that turned into a Feely song. Yeah. So then and it's on a, one of the Feely's records. So then he starts playing that. And I realize I don't know 
you know, it's a couple of chords or whatever, but I don't necessarily know what they are. So, like, I look over at Ed Seifert, who plays guitar in Young Woo now, instead of Bill, because Bill is in Florida. Yeah. So when Bill moved to Florida, this guy, Ed, now plays guitar. So he's been playing guitar in Young Woo, but he's also in Speed to Play with me at the time. So I look at him on stage. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. He's calling out some chords as we're playing it. I barely make it through. <laughs> then, then, I mean, it was fine. I know the song enough in my ear. Yeah. So then... I'm about to get off stage, right? And Glenn goes, well, you're up here. You might as well stay. And, <laughs> and we played, played the rest of the show. Well, we played like four or three songs. Cool. None of them when I knew. And, and Ed was calling out chords and I was playing on some person's bass and the strap broke off and like all this shit was going down, you know, just a night in Montclair. Like just a night in Montclair <laughs> with Glenn Mercer, Ed Seifert. And Dave Weckerman, was he there? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Cool. Pretty sure. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. We're going to play one of his songs, Eternal Ice, on Shore Leave. Great record. Yeah. Recently reissued for Record Store Day 2018 on Bar None Records, uh, originally released in 1987 on Steve Fallon's Coyote Records. Of course, wow, Steve Fallon. Yeah. Steve Fallon, everyone, uh, the original <laughs> owner of uh, Maxwell's. Uh, Hoboken legend, yep. if, uh, if I do say so myself. All right, after that. Grass Widow, Fried Egg. Oh I love this record, God. by the way. Great San Francisco, band. great San Francisco band that I wish was still together. They may be in other projects, but I don't know. Yes. If you pick Fried Egg, that's a great song. Absolutely in other projects. I could go on and on. Cold Beat is the bass player Hannah's other project. I saw Grass Widow open for Sonic Youth at Prospect Park, some shit free show, right? Yeah. And I was like, who the fuck is this? Absurd. Live. Harmonies, everything was absurd. I'm jealous, jealous. I've so never then, seen them live. Yeah, and so yeah, so then we'd like to go to their shows. I remember I saw them like in the Lower East Side with like Overhoffer or some, some weird show. And then I saw them open for the Raincoats at Warsaw, which was absurd, wow. obviously. Yeah. But every time I go and talk to them and stuff and buy their records and, and like whatever, whatever. And then the bass player was in this other, is in this other band now. So I went and saw them recently, like a couple of years ago. And like, chatter up and like do you remember me so i always like go and talk to him and stuff and like and um i was trying to get her to actually do a music video for me because she's the only <laughs> yeah. person who like i knew who like really makes great art like film videos and um so i was like damn imagine she did a video for me and like i love grass widow like that's just been my favorite band for like a minute yeah they're um, a great band and, and she was like yeah we just did that for a long time and like it's not a big deal and like no one really misses it. No one's really sad. And like, uh, we not true. <laughs> like I mean, she's doing her her other thing. She's always doing stuff. And um, and she signed my record. And it's that's in my, incredible. It's in my little bass shrine. You're full of great stories, Dan. And after that, we're playing Dose Forever. This is a Mike Watt related project. It's Mike Watt and Kira Rossler. I think that's how you say her name. She was yeah, a so. bass player in Black Flag for a time. Yeah. Um, this uh, record is important for this episode, so I'm glad we were able to play it because, uh, you know, Mike Watt, great bass player. You're also a great bass player. Thanks. And he kind of uh, has a lot of moving parts yeah. in his records as well. Yeah. Kind of like on your new record. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Watt, Watt's, Watt's um, a source of inspiration for sure. Um, I love all of his bands and stuff. He's a great artist. He's, he's amazing. Yeah. I think we're going to run out of time if I keep talking, right? If you're going to play all these songs, or am I? Yeah. Well, well <laughs> let's uh, let's just move to Lou Reed. 
the original rapper off of Mistrial. Mm. Let's talk bass, Fernando Saunders. Interesting. I didn't that I motherfucker didn't know that. on some of these Lou albums and like always live basically is that's that's some bass. Wow. Sick. I mean, I mean, wow. Just listen to the original rapper bass when it comes. I mean, let's scary, do it. Scary. We're about to play these songs that you selected from my record collection, starting with Young Woo. Who played last night at the Stone Pony with Yellow Tango and Dan and I both wish we were there, but mm-hmm. we weren't. We'll see you next time, Young Woo. For now, everyone enjoy Eternal Ice.
And then I think we'll have some time for Lou Reed. It's three thirty nine. Whatever the time of the song. But so tell me, you got it. You're playing a show tonight with Monica. 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 Uh huh. Oh, nice. So that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, yeah. Like Monica, but with an A. Yeah, All yeah. Right. Okay, cool. Um, the new record's so good, and I guess he likes me playing the bass in the band, which I think is cute. So I'm, there. I'm there for it. Awesome, and the, you got the music's great. You're gonna be touring with Gobbin Jr. You're the bass player. Yeah, it was my girlfriend's band, band. Well. Emma. Yeah, name right. We just great band. I love Gobbin Jr. Oh, as well. Shout out. It's great. Yeah, that's gonna be a great tour. I got a. Then we got some Dan Francia band shows, one in June and one in July. But I can't really say exactly because we're not really all the way, all the way ready. I'll, but I'll get you all the info when it becomes available, <laughs> people. 
But uh, so Dan Francia Band's got some gigs coming up. Can't wait for those. And everyone, this was such a fun episode. So many great stories. Dan's going to be on my podcast in a couple of months because I realized we need to like chronicle all of these stories. There's a lot more and shit. And there's not Damn. enough time. But if you loved the songs that we played at the beginning of the episode, Dan's solo stuff, you can get Come Back to Life on cassette via Exploding in Sound Records, explodinginsoundrecords.com. It's also available on Bandcamp. Dan, thanks so much, Thank man. Thank you. It was awesome. Thanks, and man. we'll see you guys next week. This is Lou Reed, the original rapper. Watch out, watch out. the news, the world's in a mess, the poor and the hungry, a world in distress, herpes AIDS, the Middle East, a full throttle, better check that sauce before you put it in the waffle land, why edit, check what's in the batter, make sure the cane is in the original wrapper, hey picture, better check that batter, make sure the cane is in the original wrapper, hey picture, better check that batter, make sure the cane is in the original wrapper, watch out. States.
worked hard, but I grew up straight. I saw a lack of morals and a lack of concern. A feeling that there's nowhere to turn. Hippies, hippies, up with mobile yards. Don't you treat me like I'm some lack. Of course, the murderer lives while the victims die. I'm not trying to see an eye for an eye. A heart for a heart and a brain for a brain. And if the song makes you feel a little insane, kick up your heels, turn the music up loud. Pick up your guitar, look out at the crowd and say, Don't mean to come on sanctimonious. Life's got me nervous and a little pugnacious, lugubrious. I give a salutation and I'll rock on out to a beat, really fabulous. And how do you do? Hip hop, gonna bop till I drop. Watch out, girl. Coming full throttle, better check that song before you put it in the waffle. And while you're at it, check what's in the bag. Make sure the candy's in the original wrapper. Hey, pitcher, you better check that bag. Make sure the candy's in the original wrapper. Hey, pitcher, better check that bag. Make sure the candy's in the original wrapper. Hey, pitcher, better check that bag. 